106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I don't know, not having been there and not seeing all the facts, what role race played in that. But I think it's fair to say, number one, any of us would be pretty angry. Number two, that the Cambridge police uh, acted stupidly in arresting somebody when there was already proof that they were in their own home. And number three, what I think we know separate and apart from this incident, is that uh, there is a long history in this country of African Americans and Latinos uh, being stopped by law enforcement disproportionately. I'm not here to say that race relations have always been perfect on either side, but we all make mistakes. Now, maybe it's only a matter of putting the carbon paper in backwards in the typewriter or burning the toast or missing a business appointment. You make that kind of a mistake and you say, well, nobody's perfect, I'm only human. But a police officer's mistakes are a matter of life and death, and his decisions are made in a split second. Give him some credit for having the guts to make those decisions, his job and his life riding on each one of them. And keep in mind, he's not asking for your applause. He's only a guy doing his job, and all he'd really like is a little common courtesy and some respect. Now, one last thing. If the department doesn't question the color of his skin, you damn well see that you don't. In the state of California, it is now illegal to sing in church. I'm not making that up. The state of California has made it illegal to sing in a house of worship. You're not allowed to do it because of COVID, the government says. Meanwhile, if you want to scream and shout on the streets, spewing your germy droplets every which way, shoulder to shoulder with tens of thousands of other protesters, well, you go right ahead. In many of the biggest counties in California, you're not allowed, again, to dine inside a restaurant. Now you have to eat outside. The state shut down people's businesses again because they can. Putting people out of work again because they can. In some of California's counties, if you don't wear a face mask, you can be fined up to $1,000 by the government because they can. Why can they? Well, let me show you. This is California Assembly Bill 262. It is now law. Maybe you've never heard of it before. Most people haven't because the California Democratic supermajority that controls this state tried to sneak it past you. California Assembly Bill 262 reads, and I quote, during an outbreak of a communicable disease or upon the imminent and proximate threat of a communicable disease outbreak or epidemic that threatens the public's health, a local health officer shall do both of the following. One, Promptly notify and update governmental entities within the local health officer's jurisdiction about communicable diseases listed in California's code of regulations that may affect them if, in the opinion of the local health officer, action or inaction on the part of the governmental entity might affect outbreak response efforts. Number two, make any relevant information available to governmental entities, including, but not limited to, the locations of concentrations of cases, the number of residents affected, and the measures that the governmental entities should take to assist with outbreak response efforts. Blah, blah, blah. But then, but then, California Assembly Bill 262 reads, and I quote, 
In addition to the actions required under Subdivision A, the local health officer may issue orders to other governmental entities within the local health officer's jurisdiction to take any action the local health officer deems necessary to control the spread of the communicable disease, end quote. Any action. The local health officer may issue orders to take any action the local health officer deems necessary. And who are these local health officers? Unelected persons, that's who. Which means, if you don't like their orders, their mandates, too bad you can't vote them out of office. Now you might be asking, in the text of this California state law, where are the caveats to justify the mandates from county public health officers with science? Where are the provisions to balance the dictates from unelected bureaucrats with our inherent, unalienable constitutional rights? There are none. That's right. The local health officer may issue orders to take any action the local health officer deems necessary. Unless you call your state assembly representative and your state senator and demand they repeal this law. Well, good evening. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to live. I was going to say you're listening to Live with Lou. That's a throwback to uh, my radio days. Uh, you're listening to No Hostages Radio, and uh, this show is going to play here on July 11th, and it is our 67th episode. And uh, if you're looking for past episodes, those are all at a website, nohostagesradio.com, where there are also a bunch of uh, about 130 articles or so, uh, or a few more than that, actually. And you can get all the episodes we've done if you want to listen to some back episodes all in one spot. But if you got here off, off your podcast source, you can hang with that as well. We'll be here for a little over two hours today, if you're new to this, and uh, we do six 20-minute segments, broke up by some clips that I've selected for you this week that I think are relevant, timely, powerful, and brighter than than me, than I am. So uh, you can reach me at Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com, Lou at L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com. You can call me up at 530-713-1838. That's over here on the West Coast of California. Um, I'm in Northern California, 530-713-1838. I usually answer that line if I don't recognize your number, Trauma Intervention Program, because I run a, a 911 response team for law enforcement and fire here in Yuba and Sutter Counties, Northern California. So don't let that throw you if you get a voicemail. Like right now, I couldn't take a call live, but uh, I could call you back. I call people back. I don't call screen. Uh, I'm old school. So if people call me, I call them back even if they don't like me. So uh, you can also send me an email, 
at, at the email site I mentioned, Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. I do look at those uh, several times a week and to see if you're asking me a question or, or sometimes people, some of my friends just send me information or links on, on data that they think I need to know about. So I'm open to that as well. If you want to send me something, that's great. So thank you for listening. I know I don't know how many people we have listening nowadays, but we have them uh, listening from several states. I do talk quite a bit about California recently because I've lived here all my life and I've never seen such a thing as going on in the state of California. It's uh, it uh, it's startling. It just it's actually uh, it causes me to just think and ponder what in the world is just happened today. What in the world happened yesterday? What's happening tomorrow? Daily things are changing quickly. I've just had a meeting. In fact, we had a trauma intervention program training tonight. And so that's why I'm here late. But a lady came in. They were having a meeting in the next uh, room over from me. And they said, Lou, we were at Burger King. And uh, we, we were able to get our food okay. But then uh, they said, you'll have to pay with a credit card because we no longer handled uh we no longer take change we no no longer have change around here no no paper money i don't know what they said paper money but change and i've seen these signs on the uh, internet of people taking photographs of businesses saying no change pay credit card so isn't it an interesting uh, happenstance is it a coincidence do you think it is or are you just thinking all these things are just kind of serendipitous type experiences you're having today? So we're having an experience here in California. So some of the things I talk about quite a bit of California may, you may feel like, oh yeah, I'm in Missouri. I'm in, I'm in uh, Idaho. I'm over here in uh, Washington or Arizona, Florida. And uh, we don't have that. And you're boring me a little bit, Lou. I, I would focus on it so much if I didn't think it was coming your way. But I think what happens here is coming your way unless we get a stop on it here, unless you're vigilant there. The reason we have it here is people were not vigilant here. Uh, they say that only about 40 percent or less of church people are registered to vote. And um, those are a lot of conservative type voters. They may not be all Republican, but they're conservative type voters. Uh and when only 40% of them vote, then that means that somebody else is going to get their way. And that's not a good sign. It's hard to motivate people to vote. It's People have um, become at ease with our government and with the pleasures and the prosperity that the greatest generation fought for and won and survived through the Depression and fought in World War I, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War. And um, but we haven't really been fighting for stuff. We've just been kind of thinking, hey, this is free. Freedom's free. And all this uh, luxury, you can almost, uh, you know, if you don't do anything, the government will actually pay your way. So now we've got to a place where people have been um, uneducated. They went to school. They got a certificate, but they're now uneducated or undereducated. And they've been purposely deprived of our history. When you. You know, if you can imagine being born, but you don't know who your parents are and you don't know who your heritage is, even if you're adopted by some fine people, you there's a longing to know who are my people? What were they like? What did they sound like? What did they like to do? How did they talk? 
What were their skills? What were their pleasures in life? Did they were they musical? Were they athletic? People have a hunger to know where they came from. And when you wipe out a society's history, you wipe out that society. And you you cause a, a psychological disconnect. And that's what's going on here in the country right now. It it you think, "Oh, it isn't any big deal. They took down some statues." It's a big deal. If you notice what ISIS did all throughout the uh, the area of the Middle East, they they destroyed museums, they destroyed statues and and uh, artifacts of history. They just destroyed everything, obliterated it in the name of Islam, Muhammad, Islam, and uh, nothing from the past was meaningful. Only Islam, and now we have Antifa, and and sadly we have. I even have friends that got caught up in this Black Lives Matters thing, thinking they were supporting good old black people. Oh, I know a black person. He's a good friend of mine. And so I'm going to support because he matters. Really shallow thinking Christian people got out there and got all stupid and sat on panels and marched around in circles and stuff and just got totally snookered by people wanting to destroy this country. They don't want anything but to destroy the entire uh, way of life that made this country what it is today. No other country like it in the world. Nobody ever said this country was perfect. Or would be perfect. But the fascinating thing is very imperfect people put together a constitution that that no other constitution in the world has ever compared to to give people freedom and rights. So in in California, I said all that to kind of get back to the fact that I'm talking a little bit about California. But actually, we're having a national meltdown right now. And uh, certainly we're at the head of the spear, the tip of the spear. And where um, there are is a remnant in California trying to fight back, and there's a new recall Gavin Newsom movement, and it's kind of been uh, led by a guy named Oren Hinckley, who is a former law enforcement um, fellow, retired from law enforcement, and he, after the previously failed recall that was mismanaged by the previous folks, he took it over. And uh, as of June 10th, we could now sign petitions. And I heard the other day somebody said, well, I signed online. I said, well, you just got snookered because that's a wasted signature. So you, you it, it's meaningless to sign electronically. You have to sign on a piece of paper with pen and ink, and you have to be a registered voter. So the the, regist- the uh, signing up for recalling Gavin Newsom. So if we get enough signatures, it doesn't mean he was recalled. It just means we put him on a ballot to ask the question so you can vote. Do you want to recall the governor? And if you vote yes, and there's enough people that vote yes, then he's recalled. And then there'll be other people on that same ballot who will want to replace him. And then the person, if he's recalled, then good. If he is not, bad. But if he's recalled, then whoever gets the most votes out of the leftover people uh, will become the next governor of California. So Governor uh, Gavin Newsom is a dictator, and he sees himself as a socialist dictator. And he basically has left the legislature behind, and he's he's run off the rails. And so you have a chance— in the next uh, not even 160 days now, you have about 130 days left till November 17th to sign this petition. It's not very hard. Our patriots gave their very lives. Many of them, their entire families died. Their houses were burned down, the founding fathers. 
And uh, can't you find time to at least sign your name to a piece of paper to recall the governor of California? Doesn't cost you a nickel. So there's a number of ways you can do that. In If you look up on Facebook, well, let me just back up and say, go to the website. If you're not from around where I am, where I can help you do that right in my city. I live in Marysville, California, Yuba County. If you're in California, you can go to Recall Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, Recall Gavin 2020com That website will tell you what to do. You can print off a petition, sign it, and get your friends to sign it and mail it in. Even if you only have a couple signatures, mail it in. All signatures on that one petition have to be from the same county. So if you want to have different counties sign it, people from different counties, you have to have one petition per county. So you can sign them, and then you can mail them in. The mailing address is at the bottom of that paper. Very simple. Uh, A teenager could pull that off probably faster than you can. So you have to be registered to vote. You can get a registration uh, uh, certificate to fill out at your local county clerk's office. You can probably do it online with the Secretary of State, probably SOS.com or SOS.org, <clears throat> or just do California Secretary of State, and you can probably register to vote online. I'm not uh, particularly a Republican, but I'm. if you want to vote for more conservative people in a primary, you would have to be registered as a Republican. Otherwise, you, you're only going to be able to vote for, um, say, if you go independent, right, which a lot of people are. Then if it, nobody's running as an independent, you don't get to vote in the primary. So uh, I'm not I'm not so hot and hot to trot about these Republicans in California. Uh, I'm a con- very conservative guy. And uh, but if you want to vote in the primary, you probably want to get on the Republican sign up as a Republican. Uh, that doesn't mean you're swapping blood with them. Uh, recall Gavin 2020. Do something. Do more than just sign your name. You need to go out and get your neighbors and your relatives and your friends to sign up. So if you can register to vote, then you can sign and get that registration turned in as soon as possible. So there's so on that uh, website, you can look up your county and under uh, there's a list of all the counties in California, 58 counties. Plus, there's an extra couple of Facebook sites. Every county has a Facebook site designated to them. And so you can keep track of the activity for the recall in your county by going on that county Facebook site. And you can just click on it right off the website. Uh, so if there's, if you want to volunteer to help get signatures, say it at some big grocery store or some big uh, busy area, like out in front of a Costco or Sam's Club or Walmart or something like that, do something to help in the recall. If everybody does something, uh, we're going to be able to pull a lot of different stuff off. If we're going to change this state around, it's going to take a lot of you to do it. So uh, please do something. Recall Gavin 2020. That's the website. Okay? Very simple. All right. I want to uh, friend a, a guy. I don't really know him, but we're friends on Facebook. And I someone said he wrote this, and I... <clears throat> I thought, okay, pretty interesting. So I'm just sort of looking for my paperwork here, extra paper. So he wrote this, uh, and so many people are focused on masks, 
whether or not you should go to church, whether or not you should go to a restaurant. They totally miss the point of everything that's going on. Uh, so if you think, oh, none of this is really connected, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, riots in the street, COVID-19, fiasco in China, uh, lying with the Chinese, uh, you know, we even have a Japanese immunologist saying this can't be uh, just a natural virus because a natural virus wouldn't work the same in every country of the world because we all have different temperatures and viruses flourish in cold temperatures. So it, certain countries it shouldn't flourish in if, because we don't always have the same. Like if I fly from here many times and it's cold, I'll go to Vietnam and it's not cold. So how does it flourish in all these countries at the same time. So he's suggesting that it's a man-made virus made in the lab, maybe Wuhan lab. So how all this, this, all this coincidence and the fact that the who organization, world health organization is in cahoots with the Chinese and the Chinese now are using Facebook and Google and Twitter and all these different platforms to pay millions of dollars to liberals that running these social media platforms to undermine uh, and try to influence people to vote against Trump. Isn't it interesting? So this guy, a uh, local guy, said it's kind of like a poem. It's just a mask. It's just six feet. It's just for two weeks. It's just non-essential businesses. It's just non-essential wor- workers. It's just a bar. It's just a restaurant. It's just to keep from overwhelming the hospitals. It's just until the cases go down. Oh, it's just to flatten the curve. It's just a few inmates. It's just to keep others from being scared. It's just for a few more weeks. It's just church. You could still pray. It's just prayer. It's just until we get a vaccine. It's just a bracelet. It's just an app. It's just for tracing. It's just to let people know you're safe to be around. Well, it's just to let others know who you've been in contact with. It's just a few more months. It's just a few more inmates. It's just a video. It's just a post. It's just an email account. It's just for protecting others from hate speech. It's just for protecting others from hurt feelings. It's just large gatherings, except if you want to protest. It's just a few violent protests. It's just a little microchip. It's just a blood test. It's just a test. It's just a scan. It's just for medical information. It's just a store of vaccination certificate. It's just like a credit card. It's just a few places that don't take cash. It's just so you can travel. It's just so you can get your driver's license. It's just so you can vote. It's just mail-in voting. It's just a few more years. It's just a statue. It's just a monument. It's just a building. It's just a song. It's just a lyric. It's just an anthem. No big deal. It's just a few words. It's just a piece of paper. It's just a book. It's just a movie. It's just a TV show. It's just a cartoon character. It's just a piece of cloth. It's just a flag. It's just a dog. It's just a clump of cells. It's just a fetus. It's just a religion. It's just a holiday. It's just a people who don't think like we do. Wait. It's not just a mask. Understand? It's just timely mind control. 
So, what do you think? I have friends, people I've known, went to high school with. Haven't Don't hang out with them, but I see them post on Facebook, arguing back and forth. Masks, masks, masks. Saw a guy, saw his video. He said, <clears throat> it's not a mask. It's a muzzle. House arrest, he said, Matt, uh, quarantine, he said, equals house arrest mandated by the state. You don't quarantine healthy people. Talk to a doctor. Talk to your local doctor. Doctors are afraid to speak out. I've talked to them. They're afraid to speak out. Why? Because people will turn them into the medical examiners. Take their license away. Ask your doctor if quarantine means you quarantine healthy people. Quarantine equals house arrest mandated by the state. Did you know at the beginning of this, they were threatening if you didn't stay in your house, they would have the sheriff arrest you? I'm going to read you something about the two local sheriffs in Yuba and Sutter counties in just a minute. Social distancing, it's to stop socializing. You see how the use of words, social distancing, what's social about distancing? We're social creatures. God created us to be a community, not separate. There's nothing social about forced isolationism. Did you know that in China where they where they keep uh, facial recognition and the cameras watching wherever you go, they want to, the 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 technology isn't good enough yet to separate when there's a crowd of people it gets confused on who's who in the zoo. But if you're 6 feet apart, they can tell you all about your life by just focusing on you with a camera. That's the new AI technology. They need you six feet apart to recognize you. And they want to put a paste. They don't want to They think, oh, they're going to put chip under my arm. They're just going to put a paste in the vaccine, and it's going to attach to your DNA, and that's how they track you. It's already designed. It's not conspiracy theory. It's in, it's in mainline news. Safer at home? Who's safe at home? I'm going to talk to you about that in just a minute. We'll be right back and take our first break. some silly little statues coming down or some silly little street names changing. Why do I care? It's because the last time I didn't care about this, I was a teenager. I have already lived through this thing when I was living in Venezuela. Statues came down, Chavez didn't want that history displayed, and then he changed the street names, then came the curriculum, then some movies couldn't be shown on certain TV channels, and so on and so forth. You guys think it can happen to you? I've heard this so many times. But always be on guard. Never believe something can't happen to you. You need to guard your country and your society or it will be destroyed. We didn't believe it could happen to us. Most Venezuelans, Cubans warned us. And we're like, Venezuela, we know what freedom is like. That's not going to happen here. Yet it happened. And there's clearly a lot of people wanting to destroy. What are you doing? 
This is our history. So they want to remove Abraham Lincoln from Boston. Do you understand what this man represents? Do you know how much he fought for people like me, for this skin color? BLM, you need to understand your history. This man is on our side. And you are treating him as if he's some type of villain because you don't understand history. It was a different time at that time. And even at that time, he understood that he stood, that he needs to stand for people like you and me. They tore down the Ulysses S. Grant statue in San Francisco. Again, another case of people not understanding your history. This man fought for our side, for our cause. This very man is the reason why I'm free. This very man is the reason why the North won. But yet and still, you don't understand your history. You don't understand, therefore you try to delete it. It's the cancel culture. It's trying to delete everything that you don't understand. It's ridiculous. Understanding history, do a little bit of research, it might help. Now we got protesters trying to tear down the emancipation statue in D.C. Paid for by the slaves, by the very slaves that you are trying to now cancel because you don't understand history. It seems to be a, an important idea here that we just don't understand our history and because we don't, we cancel it. BLM, this is our history. I thought Black Lives Matter. You need to understand that these slaves, their lives matter. That's why they paid for, these people paid for the very statue that you're now planning to tear down. It's ridiculous. In the spirit of taking down statues, why don't we start with Robert Byrd, Senator Robert Byrd, who organized over 150 Klansmen, white supremacists who hated people of my skin color. Why don't we start with him? Next, why don't we go to Vladimir Lenin? Okay, this man had over 300 concentration camps and killed over 5 million people. Why not him? Why not his statue in Seattle? What about Che Guevara? This man imprisoned black people, people like me. This man killed gay people, but yet and still people like Colin Kaepernick wears them on his shirt. So you tear down Lincoln, you tear down Grant, but you leave Che Guevara, leftist logic at his spot. From the day I saw you, I really, really wanted to catch your eye. Something special about you And I must really like you Cause not a lot of guys are worth my time No My goal today is to If any I may not have any sheep listening to me That can't see this <clears throat> My goal today is Give you some Food for thought. If you're a sheep and you're just following along, hoping to be get go along to get along, be compliant. I'm, I'm hoping I'll give you some food for thought that you can equip others. When they say it's safer at home, stay at home. Just stay at home. For who is it safe at home? 
doctors, immunologists tell you that when you stay away from groups, your your immune system begins to weaken. That mixing it up in groups is healthy for you. I was talking to a doctor today who's telling me that when teachers, rookie teachers start out in the classroom, they get sick a lot because they don't have the immunity that to fight off the bugs that the kids bring to school. But he said eventually they'll have great immunity and they don't have problems mixing it up with all those snotty-nosed kids. Safer at home, safer for who? It's interesting to me. The deception of these statistics that that are constantly on the news all the time. How many they tested? How many are sick? How many are in the hospital? How many recovered? How many died? How many got tested that weren't sick but are carriers? Oh, my God, they're a carrier. They could give it. You, you hear people, they can give it to you. They're not even sick. They can give it to you. We don't even know who they are, what they have on board. But I just watched a lady from the World Health, Health Organization that said it's very, she used very, very rare that a person that's asymptomatic, in other words, they're not sneezing, they're not coughing, they're not feverish, they're not sputtering, spitting. They don't have any symptoms, but they've had the bug come into their system and their immune system defeated it, but it's there. It's traces there. That person, she said, is very, very rare to get it. I was just talking to a lady that is involved in <clears throat> a company tonight. She was at our meeting. And she used to work in the healthcare field in the lab. And she said, Lou, I said, been busy? Because they do like uh, hazardous waste cleanup. Like they find a dead body and they have to clean up the mess. Or there's a fire and you're restoring the house after a fire or you know, cleaning all the clothes after a fire. Anyway, I said, you guys been busy? She said, oh, Lou, it's unbelievable. I said, unbelievable busy? She said, yeah. I said, like how? And she said, COVID-19. I said, what do you mean? She said, Lou, people are out of their minds. She said, they've lost their minds. She said, they're having us come in and purify their whole house and their businesses because they're so, they're, they're absolutely fearful. It's all a media campaign. It's a psychological op. It's a psyop, people. I want you to think about how many times you've had illness in your life. Do you get a cold once a year? Once every two, once every five years? Get the flu once every five years, three years? Some people are more um, resilient than others. Some people take better care of themselves than others. If you eat a lot of sugar, if you smoke, if you drink, if you, you know, have some habits that you enjoy, but <clears throat> they weaken your immune system, you probably get sick more. But, you know, think about over your years, the decades you've been alive, all the times you've been sick. Why didn't they consider that sickness, which not only you had, you got that from somebody. Why weren't they tracing that? Why Why weren't they having, calling it an epidemic or a pandemic? Why weren't they counting how many people got sick, they weren't telling doctors, count people when they come into your office for that bug that's going around. Do you remember that term? Oh, yeah, there's something going around. Oh, it's a virus going around. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that, right? Nobody gave any thought. You just went to the doctor, 
got something for it or got nothing for it. They just said, hey, take it easy for a week, drink a lot of fluids, do this, do that, da 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 get some sleep, right? That, that was the normal way Americans that didn't get freaked out about an illness. Now we have what what people in my life that are medical people. I'm not saying I'm smart. I've been asking questions of people that know what's going on, people that have studied immunology. And they said, Lou, the corona family of illnesses is just a common cold. It's a, it's a deriv- derivation of the common cold. That's a corona. It's a cold. And, and the reason they don't have a, a vaccine for it is it keeps changing so quickly, it's just no use fussing with it. They don't have, it's just like, they don't have, there's a number of viruses they don't have a, a vaccine for, like herpes, Ebola. HIV, human immunodeficiency, right? Virus. Collapsing of the immune system. They don't have vaccines for those. So when they say, at one time during this COVID-19, they said, uh, we shouldn't let people go back to work, back to school, leave their house until a vaccine is designed. Is that amazing to you? You know, they're not even close to getting a vaccine. And why? Why would you get a vaccine for this? And what's going to be in that vaccine? Do you know when, when I was a youngster, they gave us three or four vaccines, right? Smallpox, polio, couple, three or four. Now they tell me if you have a baby, they get 50, 60 vaccines. Isn't that amazing? Inoculations. Shocking. So safer at home, safer for home. Isn't it interesting that during this lockdown, bars, uh, or excuse me, uh, liquor stores were staying open so you could buy liquor. But they shut down the AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, and Narcotics Anonymous meetings and those types of meetings. They forbid people that are in recovery from continuing in their recovery. Isn't it interesting that judges and courts and probation officers and parole officers mandate that people attend AA and NA? Why would that be? Because they're useless? They're worthless? There's no benefit? No value? No. Because they have great value. It's proven to be great value to keep people sober. to keep people clean, to keep people steady. Fighting addiction is a lifelong fight. It is not a one-and-done deal. People need those meetings, and it has been a part of the of the uh, penal system for years and re- reforming people's lives is having them attend recovery meetings. And so we have a common cold that now we're going to count everybody. We're going we're gonna to test everybody in the world. Even if they're not sick, we got to test everybody. Why? Are we testing them for syphilis too? Are we going to test them for gonorrhea? Are we going to ask them if they wear a condom when they have homosexual sex? Why not? Those are pretty devastating. HIV is devastating. Syphilis will kill you, make you mentally ill. Chlamydia, gonorrhea will give you, uh, particularly females, a predisposition to cervical cancer. We're not concerned about that. 
We're all we're concerned about is a cold that only kills people that are 85 years of age with all kinds of serious illnesses. You don't think that's odd? So safer at home for home. You lock an addict up in his home. Stressed out, he can't go to his meeting. Some addicts I know go to a meeting almost every night of the week. Every day. Maybe even there's lunchtime meetings, morning meetings. Because why? Because they need it. Are we keep it? I was with uh, two sheriffs the other day. We were talking. And one of them says, I wonder what the statistics are going to be for suicide. I said, I, I don't think they even want to print that. Because they don't care. You know, abortion clinics are fine. And then they're killing off the old people purposely, putting them in homes after they get COVID. Instead of putting them in all those hospitals, they had all those beds no one wanted, no one used. And they put these older people, people's moms and grandmas, great grandmas, put them back in care homes that wouldn't, can't give them the kind of care the hospitals can. And they died. Maybe 50,000 in Democrat-run states. What? How do you think al- addicts and alcoholics are faring? I, I can tell you from an anecdotal personal experience because I work with addicts every week. They relapsed. A lot of them relapsed. Why are we keeping those statistics, Dr. Lou? You keep coming on the videos and talking to us. You're not telling us about suicides because of your stay-at-home orders. You think the mentally ill thrive when you keep them locked up in a building? Did you, did you, before you gave out your one and all stay at home deal, you can't leave the house unless you go get groceries or unless you've got to go to a medical deal or, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, only this, all that. You're going to contagious. Now, now <clears throat> it's interesting. Nothing the medical community has said from the most brightest people in our government has been right. Not one thing. Name me one thing. Name me one thing. It's very infectious bullshit. You can catch it off the counter, off a doorknob. Bullshit. A mask will help. That's a lie. Stay six feet apart. That's bullshit. You can't be in groups. You're ridiculous. If you go to a Black Lives Matter deal, 10,000 people, not a problem with COVID. Church, big problem. I, I, you know, honestly, there's a spirit of stupid. I, you know, I've been going to church for 40 years and I'm, I'm a, I'm committed to Jesus, right? I'll tell you, there's some stupid people in church, really stupid, really, really stupid. And it's scary. It scared. I, I mean, I'm not afraid to go there. I'm not scared of them. I'm just saying it's shocking to me. It's like it stunned me intellectually. I'm stunned when I when I watch people that are even college educated people say some stupid stuff. Can't you just wear the damn mask? I said, no, I'm not going to wear it. Never. I'll be shooting you before. And you maybe shoot me. I'll shoot you. I am not going to wear any mask. And I'm not going to be vaccinated. 
What do you you think it's safer at home for addicts, alcoholics, mentally ill people, people that suffer from anxiety, people that are depressed? Stay in the house. That's a death sentence, people. That is a death sentence. Where do you think we're getting all these overdoses? People are dying left and right in our community. You think Dr. Lou's going to take responsibility for that? You think Gavin Newsom cares about that? He didn't care. If they wanted to solve homelessness, they would have solved it, folks. There's ways to solve it. But the Democrats don't want to solve that. When they talk about do this for the greater good, greater good for whom? Millions of my friends, millions of people, including many of my friends, have lost everything. They lost their businesses. They've lost their employment. Do you know of any government people that lost their job? No. Doesn't that cause you pause? That somehow we got to, that government people, I just talked to one of my good friends tonight at the trauma intervention meeting. He works for the state of California. He just laughed. He wasn't laughing at me. He just laughed because he gets it. He said, Lou, we're, I, I said, oh, you, you look casual tonight. You must be off. He said, yeah, we're off. We all get paid, but we work from home. I just sit at home and get paid. Then they talk about a new normal. There's nothing normal about this, people. You get it? This is the undermining of the, the, the United States of America. This is the undermining of your rights. And the reason you're letting it go easy is because you don't know what your rights are. You have no idea. You know what it's like? It's like some grandma that you never knew, a great-grandma, or some relative or some old friend of your mother's, dies. She doesn't know where you are, but once upon a time she put you in her will and gave everything to you. And you're ignorant of it, but it's millions of dollars there for you, but you don't know what's there, so you miss out on it. There's nothing normal about what's going on. Everything that's going on is screwy, and some of the people that you would normally go have a drink with downtown, like our supervisors in the city council meeting, they're just going right along with it. Well, we just need—you know what the biggest sellout is? Well, if we don't do this, whatever it is, I'm, I'm thinking if they'll start killing people and they'll be for it if they can just get the money from the government. I mean, what are you willing—how low will you go to get your money from Gavin Newsom? Well, there's this CARES money, and if we don't, we can't stand up for the Constitution because then we're not going to get $10 million CARES money. Well, what if we just said we're going to kill a couple thousand Yuba Sutter residents? Do you still want your CARES money, or, or are they worth it? Or do you want to keep the people and sacrifice the CARES money? You know something, people? It, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's such a lie to be on the city council or supervisor and tell me you're going to defend the Constitution. I wish they would just – they're going to eliminate the, uh, the, the, the swearing in uh, using the uh, Pledge of Allegiance and anthem. They're going to eliminate that next. Why don't we just eliminate taking the oath of the Constitution because nobody wants to defend the Constitution. You think you're going to defend something and it not cost you something? That's crazy. You're going to defend something 
and fight for it and not cost you anything. So you sell out for money. That's what they call prostitution. Where a woman that would normally give herself to her husband that she loves gives herself away for money because she wants the money. So she'll do whatever. So what do you want to do? I'll, I'll do that for 40. I'll do that for 20. I'll do that for 100. Or I'll do this all package deal for 500. That's called prostitution. And what we have are little hookers running our counties and our cities. That's all they are. They they talk a good deal. Oh, I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. I, I, Governor Newsom, he's a Marxist. Oh, really? He's a... You, you're going to you're going to take orders from a Marxist. You're going to let him run Yuba and Sutter counties. These people voted for you because you said you were smart and you're going to protect them and you're going to do the right thing. And you're conservative and you're going to support and you're going to defend the Constitution. And you, you don't do any of that. And you blame it all on the governor who you who you say is a criminal. I, I, I hate that SLB. Blah, 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 blah. Right? But you don't do a thing. You do not do a thing. A year or so ago, there were 1.5. You know how many people you've been watching, how many coronavirus deaths there are? There was 1.5 million TB deaths, deaths either last year or the year before. No masks. No epidemic. No keeping track. There was no tracing. There was no social distancing. There was no quarantine healthy people. 1.5 million people in the world died of TB. Happens darn near every year. I don't know why they're trying to save a few old people in the hospital that are going to probably die anyway when they're they're killing 3,000 babies a day or 4,000. If you want to think about how much freedom you have and who is really in charge, I want you to just think about who can, who you can and cannot criticize. I was telling a publisher of a local paper that I write for the Territorial Dispatch, and I said, you know what the one thing that people say to me? He's a new guy. So he didn't run an article I told you a while back on I wrote on blacks, the lie that blacks care about blacks. <clears throat> and so I said, you know what the number one thing that people over the last six years have told me about being on the radio or podcasts or writing in the paper? And he said, what's that? What they like? What 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 the the reason they they hang around what I say? I said, the one thing they say is that I'm saying things that they're afraid to say. Isn't that, that's, that's, a, that's a sobering thing right there. There's, I'm saying things that they'd like to say, but we're afraid to say. I want you to think about who, what you're afraid to say, and if you say it, where the pushback's going to come from. You're going to lose your job. Doctors are being held, held accountable for speaking out about the... Uh, the crazy prescription on COVID. 
Oh, it's going to kill you. Oh, it's going to do this. Oh, it's going to do that. Just lies. Lie after lie after lie. Professionals lying. Changing everyday change. Mask. No, not mask. Oh, yes, sometimes. Oh, no. Well, we. it's symbolic. It's just symbolic. Baloney. It's just total baloney. But your mind, you're, you're, what you're wanting to do, you're so weak. Many are so weak and so feeble, and they, they have no moral or spiritual backbone that they won't stand up against anything. So they just fall for everything. We'll be right back. What the mainstream media was afraid to tell you about the news this week. This week, while the mainstream media was obsessing about face masks, here are the things that happened that really matter. The group that handles the intake of donations for Black Lives Matter has a convicted terrorist on their board of directors. According to a report from the Capitol Research Center, convicted terrorist Susan Rosenberg was listed as a member for the Thousand Currents Group, which handles donations to the Black Lives Matter group. Rosenberg was a member of the May 19th Communist Organization. She was convicted on weapons and explosive charges, originally sentenced to serve 58 years in prison. But after 16 years in prison, Rosenberg was pardoned by President Bill Clinton as he left office. Rosenberg was also suspected of helping cop killer Asada Shakur escape from prison. Remember, Black Lives Matter co-founder Alicia Garza has called Asada Shakur one of her inspirations. And now, this convicted terrorist, Susan Rosenberg, serves on the board of the company that handles donations to BLM. But did the mainstream media report this? No, they didn't. In the past 28-day period in New York City, according to NYPD crime statistics, there have been 250 shooting victims. Compare that to this same 28-day period last year, in 2019, when New York City saw 97 shooting victims. That's a 157% increase for anybody wondering. Why did this number skyrocket? Ask the defund the police Democrats who voted to slash $1.5 billion from the NYPD budget, which will result in 1,200 NYPD officers being cut from the force. But did the mainstream media report on how dangerous it is for people, for people, when police don't enforce the law? No, no, they didn't. An email about COVID-19 from a Texas ER executive obtained by journalist Alex Berenson says they have plenty of room in the hospitals there for COVID-19 patients. The demographics, he says, of the new cases of COVID are young people. The cases themselves are mild. The ICUs, he says, are full of really sick people with other illnesses who waited too long to go to the hospital out of fear of COVID. And he said hospitals that can't make ends meet without elective surgeries are billing patients who test positive for COVID as COVID primary diagnosis because it pays more and they're financially strapped thanks to the lockdowns. But did the mainstream media report on the truth from the front lines in Texas? Nope. The mainstream media echoed paranoid 95% ICU capacity numbers instead, which it turns out is normal capacity. The St. Louis gun couple, Mark and Patricia McCloskey, did not draw firearms at peaceful protesters, despite reports from the mainstream media calling the thugs peaceful. In fact, the protesters threatened the McCloskeys, threatened to burn down their home and kill their dog. This after breaking through the gate that surrounded the McCloskeys' house. 
Furthermore, the Castle Doctrine in Missouri allows for use of deadly force if people are threatening you on your property. It's a generous interpretation that does not require people to actually enter your home. But did the mainstream media report on that? No, they didn't. Nor did the mainstream media mention that the McCloskeys are liberal Democrats who say they support Black Lives Matter. There is no right to abortion in the Constitution. After the Supreme Court ruled against a Louisiana law that required abortion clinics to have admitting privileges at a local hospital, just like every other surgical facility in the state, the left claimed the law was an assault on the constitutional right to abortion. But the truth is, there is no constitutional right to abortion. In fact, even Edward Lazarus, who served as a law clerk for Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackmun, who authored the majority opinion on Roe v. Wade, said, and I quote, as a matter of constitutional interpretation and judicial method, Roe borders on indefensible. Justice Blackmun's opinion provides essentially no reasoning in support of its holding, and in the years since Roe's announcement, no one has produced a convincing defense of Roe on its own terms. By the way, Lazarus says he is personally pro-abortion. Read the Constitution for yourself. There is no right to abortion in the 14th Amendment, which reads, nor shall the states deprive any person of the right to life, liberty, or property without due process of law. But did the mainstream media report the truth? No, they didn't. The mainstream media doesn't care to report any of that to you, so we will. Despite being a culture of death, Americans have uncompromisingly, or so we think, done away with slavery and racial discrimination in a pursuit of liberty for all men and women. Noah Webster clarifies that Liberty of one depends not so much on the removal of all restraint from him as on the due restraint upon the liberty of others. This restraint on the liberty of others is exemplified in chattel slavery. Webster defines a slave as a person who is wholly subject to the will of another, one who has no will of his own, but whose person and services are wholly under the control of another. During a congressional hearing about the Heartbeat Protection Act, pro-life leader Star Parker, a black woman who had four abortions early in her life, testified. And in fact, when you put the Dred Scott decision next to the Roe v. Wade decision, they read almost verbatim. Parker continued, Abortion is the leading cause of death in the black community today. Since Roe v. Wade was legalized, 20 million humans have been killed inside of the womb of black women. When Meet the Press host Chuck Todd queried if an unborn child's life is wholly under the control of the mother, former presidential candidate Dr. Ben Carson asserted, uh, During slavery, and I know that's one of those words you're not supposed to say, but I'm saying it. During slavery, a lot of the slave owners thought that they had the right to do whatever they wanted to that slave. Anything that they chose to do. And, uh, you know, what if the abolitionist had said, you know, I don't believe in slavery. I think it's wrong. But you guys do whatever you want to do. Where would we be? Infant murder, as horrid as slavery and lynching, has become an unprecedented abomination in our country, taking roughly 4,000 lives a day. Wall Street journalist Jason Riley wrote the following. Prior to his run for president, civil rights advocate Jesse Jackson called abortion murder and once told a black newspaper in Chicago, we used to look for death from the man in the blue coat, and now it comes in a white coat. Tragically deceived by white establishment political parties, many leaders of black civil rights organizations today are joined at the hip with abortion rights proponents such as Planned Parenthood. 
The magnitude of the death toll on African Americans in these pro-choice clinics is nothing short of staggering. In 2014, black women were 13% of the female population, yet 36% of all abortions were black babies. According to a New York City Health Department report, between 2012 and 2016, black mothers terminated 136,426 pregnancies and gave birth to 118,127 babies. That means more black children were murdered than were allowed to be born. You shall not murder does not apply to white lives alone. And violation of this supreme law results in personal and societal consequences. When we abandon God's word, we abandon all rationality. We instead have to prop up an abstract morality full of racism, contradictions, deceit, and worse. The white American acceptance of racist white police officers murdering black men in cold blood or a genocidal white doctor dismembering black infant Americans has always been and will always be an abomination. Let's be clear, any political agenda justifying one over the other and maintaining freedom for the people is outright duplicitous and unloving. This is Jake McCauley and Dominic McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution bringing you The American View. Someone really loves you. Guess who? Guess who? And someone really cares. Guess who? All right. I want to uh, read you something that a friend of mine wrote. He's a guy that I've worked with for 30 years. He happens to pastor a church here in Yuba City. It's one of the few churches. I wouldn't say it's the only church in California, but one of the very handful of churches that has remained open through this whole debacle and and had our normal meetings. We've actually added a bunch of meetings, had Fourth of July blasts. We've had plays. We've done – we just lived a normal life. But I want you – this is written by Dave Bryan. It's posted on Facebook if you're on Facebook, Dave, B-R-Y-A-N, and then uh, he's got a little circle, a photo in a circle with the American flag next to his name. He's got a number of uh, Facebook pages. This is Dave Bryan in it, and if you want to get a copy of this, you can just go to his Facebook page and then see the write-up on county sheriffs and click on it. It's, it's a long write-up. I'm going to read it to you because uh, – It's the truth, and it's where we need to be. So he says, county sheriffs, (coughs) this is how it is, and I think throughout most of the states in the union, (coughs) so he says, county sheriffs have a place of unique influence over the county to which they are elected. They answer only to the people and not to the state governor nor county bureaucrats. That gives them the ability to protect the citizens of their county from state overreach, as many states, including California, are now experiencing. When local supervisors fail to act in the interest of their constituents, we still have the constitutional authority of our local sheriffs to protect our rights and our interests. 
Thank God that the founders of America, with God's providential guidance, foresaw the possibility of draconian overreach and inept county bureaucrats and made provision for citizens' rights to be protected by their elected county sheriff. With Eubin Sutter counties struggling under the unfounded, unnecessary, and unconstitutional overreach of soon-to-be recalled Governor Newsom and his pawn, Yuba Sutter Butte County Health Officer Dr. Liu, hired by our supervisors, we should thank all thank God daily for the wise and trustworthy leadership of Yuba County Sheriff Wendell Anderson and Sutter County Sheriff Brandon Barnes. These courageous patriots <coughs> have stood by their sworn duty to support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We honor them today for that. Hooray for our sheriffs. Just yesterday, I met with both of these patriotic leaders who reaffirmed their commitment to defend the constitutional rights of every Yuba Sutter citizen and business owner from governmental overreach from county and state authorities who continue to disregard and trample on the basic inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These basic rights include, of course, the ownership and management of our property, including our right to pursue business unhampered by state and county decrees. So Christian worshipers do not comply with unconstitutional, unbiblical, and immoral decrees to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, according to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, or to cease to offer to God the sacrifices of praise in Hebrews 13, and the 15th verse and area businesses, business owners, keep your restaurants and businesses open. We will support your courage and your constitutional rights with our patronage and our sheriffs are pledged to support you too. As Newsom and Dr. Liu attempt to ratchet up their draconian and unconstitutional controls, we are planning class action lawsuits against both Newsom and our counties for forcing so many businesses into bankruptcy and for grossly overstepping their bounds to manipulate the details of our daily lives. As most of you know by now, almost all of the guidance from the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, I call them Centers for Democrat Control, and now the shamed World Health Organization, or commonly called WHO, has been grossly misguided and inaccurate. While our businesses, education, recreation, worship, leisure, and general lifestyles have been devastated by careless, ill-advised, and overbearing government at both the county and state levels, these unhinged elected officials must be held accountable by the voters whose general well-being they have so glibly trod upon. In addition to recalling our inept and un-American governor, we must hold every elected county official accountable for their actions or inaction in this time of very crisis. No official who abandons the best interest of their constituents during a time of crisis should be considered worthy of another chance at being a public servant. In our area, 10 men have allowed Dr. Liu, who is their employee, to shut down our businesses, 
our schools, our restaurants, parks, and churches. If you are okay with that, you'd love North Korea. If not, please contact them, that means these community leaders, and ask them to have the courage to tell Newsom and his hit squad to stay on the other side of the county line. They are afraid to because Newsom has threatened to withhold funding from the counties, which he cannot lawfully do. But while our supervisors comply with Newsom to protect their money, they are not protecting yours. It's pretty plain. They would rather you go broke than risk their budget being affected by standing up for your constitutional rights. No one should ever cater to the demands of bully government. So let all our elected officials know how you feel about their leadership or lack thereof in our counties. It's their job to protect the business interests of the citizens and their counties, not to coddle a tyrannical governor to protect their budget at the expense of yours. Tell them to fire Dr. Lou and get a health health officer that lives in our county and actually cares about local citizens and businesses. Oh, yeah. And one that isn't backed by the American-hating Soros family. We are not fighting against a virus. We are fighting to preserve American liberties and to defend our Constitution against domestic enemies. We all have to take a stand either for or against American liberties. Will you defend the land of the free and the brave? Or will you be one of these weak and timid souls that willingly concede your liberties to go along with Newsom and Dr. Liu? Hold on just a second. I lost my place. All right. I'm getting back down here. I had a meltdown here for a second. It's time to throw down every citizen by their actions will define themselves as a part of the solution to this present crisis or a part of the problem. Which will it be for you? A list of county supervisors and employees and their contact information is included below for your convenience. Please let me know. Let them know how you feel. Now, there's a list. Dr. Lou the Sutter County Supervisors, Yuba County Supervisors, some of the key leaders, county and city managers. It's all it's all done for you, people. You can sit at your computer and you can call them or you can send a, an email to let them know how you feel. You willing to do that? Didn't cost you a nickel. We did all the work. Dave did all the writing. We put these addresses together for you. You can just go to his Facebook site at Dave Bryan, D-A-V-E-B-R-Y-A-N, Dave Bryan, and next to it is a circle with a flag in it. And you can just look for the write-up that starts 
by saying county sheriffs have a place of unique influence. Click on that, and all your addresses and emails are right there and phone numbers. Or email addresses and phone numbers. Very easy. If you can't do that, you deserve whatever you can get. If you can't sign up to recall Gavin Newsom, you deserve every bit you get. I hope you don't have any whining left in you. There's a guy named Robert, or excuse me, Martin Niemöller. He was a spineless Lutheran pastor during the Nazi era. There were so many, uh, quote-unquote, Christian people that initially welcomed Hitler in thinking he was a good thing, and then they realized they were deceived. And then they just kept putting off ever doing anything. They just kept, oh, well, another day. Oh, another day. Another day, another day, another day, another day, another day, another day, another day. Just put off another day until what you should have done is sock somebody, and now you haven't got a swing left. So Martin Niemöller, when he was locked up in an internment camp, he wrote, and it's famous, you know, I get a kick out of these Christian pastors. They, like, quote all these people, but they haven't got a damn backbone. They're just like the people. They, oh, yeah, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, what an amazing guy, and they quote his stuff, and, like, like actually, they believe it. How do you believe something you're not willing to live? Have you ever thought about that? How do you really believe something you're not willing to live or die for? So Martin Niemöller said, you know, when when the Nazis came for the socialists, I wasn't a socialist, so I did nothing. And then when they came for the trade unionists, I wasn't a trade union guy, so I didn't step out or do anything. And then when they came for the Jews, he goes for a whole list of people. I came for the Jews. I wasn't a Jew, so I did nothing. And then when they came for me. There was no one really to speak for me. Are you going to speak up for anything? Are you going to do anything? Are you not willing to risk anything? Losing your job, losing some money, getting going to jail, getting a citation? We're trying to convince people in Yuba Sutter counties to not close their business, their restaurants. Just say, I'm not going to close. Somebody said, one of the restaurant owners the other day said, they're going to find me $1,000. Who's they? I said, who is they? Who are they? What if we just ran them out of town? How would that do? Dr. Lou, we'll go down and, we'll go down and block, blockade her house in Elk Grove. We'll storm her health office. We'll forbid, we'll block that thing and keep people from going into her health office. Shut that health office down. You think, oh, we can't do that. Hey, they're doing it all over right now, all over the country. They don't do anything with the people. Black Lives Matter. It's illegal to stop you from opening your business. There is no science that says anybody's going to get COVID from going in and eating a hamburger at your business or eating a taco. It's a damn lie. It's a lie. Why are, you, why are we letting people run over us like this? Just tell them if you come in my business, I'm going to shoot you. Uh, Gavin Newsom is sending these hit squads up here. I, it's not that's not the term they use, but that's what they are. They're hit squads, ABC people, alcohol beverage control, cosmetology people. 
We need to just tell them to get out. Don't come back. You're not welcome here. Get the hell out of town. We're not following you no more. I'm not coming back for a license so I can do hair or nails or makeup or whatever they do over there. Make people look good. I'm just not going to. I don't need your license. I got my training. I keep my place nice. I'll let my customers do the judging. Same way with the, if they, if they said, I'm not going to give you a food license, I'd say, take the food license, bend over and shove it up your rear end. I'm not going to come for no license. I'll let my customers, I have never gone into a, a restaurant anywhere in the world where I've asked them if they had a food license or a handler's license or whatever, whatever. Or checked and see if a guy went to barber school if I needed a haircut over in Vietnam. I just went and string got. I, I looked around to see what, the, what kind of work they were doing. Went in and got one. Listen, people, this is the time to stand now, not next year. There may not be no next year for us. This is the time to stand now. Once you lose ground, it's very hard to gain it back. I'm telling you, history tells it so. What our forefathers fought for and got was a miracle. And we're going to kiss that miracle goodbye. It's time to fight. It's time to confront people. And let the chips fall where they may. Right? Just let the chips fall. Now, I'm talking about for signing up for recalls, writing letters, emails, telling supervised and city council people to open this darn these counties up and leave them open. When have we become so afraid of getting a cold? Who cares? Who cares how many people got cold? I don't keep track of how many people got gonorrhea this week. There's a bunch. Chlamydia, gonorrhea, HIV, uh, you know, shot themselves. When did we stop? It's sad. Yeah, it is sad. But when did we stop society over this? I run a program. We go out on, uh, we've already gone out 17 responses. It's only uh, the ninth of the month. We've gone out 17 responses. We have drownings, suicides, homicides, cancer deaths. Dr. Lou isn't going to those funerals and weeping over them and saying how sad she is. Why are we keeping all these statistics just to scare the hell out of people? Oh, my God. Three more people got sick. Three more people tested positive. Oh, my God. Johnny, my friend Johnny got it. He got it. Oh, my God. Johnny got it. I can't believe it. He was my best friend. We used to go to school together. Now he's got COVID. I said, so what? He may survive. He may die. It's life. Oh, you don't care about life. You know, I'm so sick of these liberal straw man arguments. If liberals cared about life, they'd quit aborting 3,000 babies a day. They don't care about life. They care about power and control. This is all a psychological operation to dismantle this country. If you think it's just about masks, you, you just, you know, you're going to, you're getting punked is what you're getting. You're getting punked. You are getting punked is what's happening right now. Now, they call them the Newsom strike teams. That's what they call them. Newsom strike teams. 
the Freedom Angels, I think, wrote this. It says, attention, California and USA businesses. There is support to fight this overreach, your business, your policies. According to the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution, you have a right to run your business as you see fit. You do not have to close just because a strike team, or I call it the hit squad from Newsom, says so. Stay open and quote the Fourth Amendment. Your property is your property. You hear me? Your property is your property. Your property isn't just the couch in your house or your television. Your property is your business, your enterprise. That's your property. Call constitutional attorney Rick Martin at, I'm going to give you a website, Constitutional Law group dot us constitutional law group dot us and he will give you legal counsel for donation only rick martin at constitutional law group dot us now if you're in the ubisetter area and you want to take a stand on this I want you to call me at 530-713-1838. Now, if you call, uh, in other words, this is pre-recorded, so 530-713-1838, and we'll see how we'll stand together. And there's other constitutional lawyers that may take this case as well. But no one can take a case for you unless you're going to take a risk and stand, right? Every Everything is risks in everything. Your business is like my friend Randy uh, Mitchell. He's a barber. He took a stand. He's got four barber shops. He said, get out of my, he, he told cosmetology people in the state of California. He said, never call me again. I'm turning in my license. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have a barber's license and I'm not going to have a site license for my barber shop. And he kept working, even though they cited him, we was going to find a thousand dollars. They just dropped the case today or uh, this week. This week, uh, this past week, he was supposed to go to court and they, the county dropped the case. I'm telling you, we need to stand up. Be right back. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. up wait a minute a what a black what a black national anthem do y'all not know how racist that sound or are we really doing this seriously is this what we do in america what if there was a white national anthem how would you feel oh you wouldn't like it would you no, you wouldn't. You know you wouldn't like it. Y'all would be crying right now if there was a white national anthem. So why are we having a black national anthem? Huh? Why? When we should be having a national anthem for everybody. For black people, for white people, for Asians, for Hispanics, for everybody. Not just for black people. 
not just for white people. That's racist. And don't say it's not racist because you know it is. Because if there was a national anthem for white people, you'll be crying right now. Y'all have lost y'all's everlasting mind. What in the world is going on? We are supposed to be moving forward, not backwards. This is moving backwards. Martin Luther King did not march and die for a black national anthem. No, he did not die for a black national anthem. He didn't. Martin Luther King marched and died so there can be a national anthem for everybody, not just for black people, not just for white people. America is not all about black people, okay? America is not all about white people, okay? America is about everybody of all colors. This is straight up racist. This is a bunch of black power, black panther, racist bull crap. And I don't see how this is okay. I don't see it. I'm not standing up to the black national anthem. No, I'm not. I'm not standing up to a white national anthem. I'm standing up to the American national anthem. What are we doing, people? Stop this bull crap. We need to get along. This is not going to fix racism. This is racism. This is not going to unite anybody. This is going to divide people. Because if it's okay for black people to have a black national anthem, then it's okay for white people to have a white national anthem. Don't sit up here and act like that's okay. This is nothing but a bunch of people being racist. And yes, black people can be racist too. Oh, black people racist just like white people. And this is a prime example of it. A prime example. P-R-I-M-E, prime example. Freedom Angels uh, here in California go on to say about 200 state inspectors that are part of a new strike teams set up by California Governor Gavin Newsom are fanning out over the weekend to enforce rules and encountered and encountered trouble in the Santa Clara County city of Morgan Hill. At a news conference Saturday, Mayor Rich Constantine slammed the appropriateness of armed officers with the state's alcohol beverage control who visited at least a dozen restaurants Friday night and ordered them to close. Constantine said he doesn't know why the agents ordered the restaurants to close when they are allowed to operate outdoors. The strike team did not cite anyone, but they were heavy-handed and did not explain what the restaurants were doing wrong. We can't even get a hold of anybody in the governor's office, and we're, we're the government, Constantine said. The county attorney, our city attorney, 
all have been trying to get an answer so we can get our businesses a definitive answer. Ladera Grill owner Dan McCraney said it's beyond frustrating that just as they're starting to get customers back, these guys come up and say we can't show you a rule or regulation, but you'll, you will stop this. In other words, stop your business. In response, California's Department of ABC said Saturday that the restaurants did not have permission from the state to be open. The governor's strike teams are made up of 10 state agencies and are meant to enforce guidelines designed to slow the spread of the coronavirus. This is a bunch of crap, people. The teams outside include representatives from CHP, the Division of Occupational Safety and Health, ABC, Barbering and Cosmetology, Business Oversight, Consumer Affairs, Food and Agriculture, Labor Commissioner's Office, and the Governor's Office of Business and Economic Development. In announcing the teams earlier this week, Newsom insisted inspectors are meant to be educating businesses about state guidelines. I'm not coming out with a fist, he said. This guy is such a pussy. I'm not coming out with a fist. Could he even throw a punch? What a sissy this guy is. Those on the strike teams have licensing and enforcement power over a broad array of businesses that are subject to stringent guidelines. Now, let me tell you what I think we ought to do. I think all my friends that have been through juvenile hall and jail should you contact me. And I think when these guys pull into town, we should steal their vehicles, trash their cars and stash them and and leave them horseless, stuck up here in Yuba Sutter counties. Listen, we need to do something creative and and are the you know in in uh the olden days in Bible days there were guys they called eunuchs. That means they got their nuts cut off and they just dedicated themselves to serve the king. We got nutless supervising city council people up here. So we need to take things into our own hands. Now, I know I talked to both sheriffs the other day and they got upset when I brought up Randy Mitchell's name. Because Randy has a way about him. But I told Randy the other night after they dropped the case, I said, Randy, we need your courage. Because a lot of these business owners are so used to being told what to do by government. And the and the Constitution says government should not be have their nose in our business. Mind your own business. Run the government. Protect us from enemies, foreign and domestic. But now the government has become the enemy itself. And our fa- uh, our forefathers said that's when you need to pull out the guns and shoot them. Not shoot a deer. Not shoot a duck. Not shoot a rabbit or a squirrel. Shoot the ABC dude. Shoot the guy from cosmetology. And shoot Gavin Newsom. I'm not saying assassin. I'm not saying assassinate people. I'm saying... Our, I'm telling you what our, I'm not saying even what I'm saying. I'm telling you what the forefathers of our country said, that there's going to be a time unless you're willing to spill blood, you're going to lose your freedom. Because the, the tendency of government is to become all powerful and overreach and manage every minute detail of your life. You can't leave the house. You have to wear a mask. You can't just go into Home Depot. You have to stand on an X and wait your turn to walk in. You have to wipe your hands with these sanitizing deals. You have to take a vaccination. The kids can only go to school certain days a week. 
you have to stay in your house, but we're going to let criminals out of their house, out of the jail, so they don't get COVID. So they, them being inside a building, they're going to get COVID, but you being inside a building, you're not going to get COVID. Now, my friends who have a, a nursery, they raise grapevines for the, to, to create a vineyard. So they, they raise them from scratch cuttings, and then they sell the small plants. So this time of year is their big time, their harvest time, where they take the plants out and they ship them and they plant them in the vineyards to create new vineyards or replace vineyards. So some of their workers have 30 or 40 workers. They're happy people. They all have jobs, get paid well. So one of them got sick. Did, did, you know, isn't it interesting? For most of my life, I'm retirement age, but I'm not retired. And every business that I've ran or been a part of, we go to, you come to work and somebody's sick. Oh, where's Susie? Oh, she's sick. She called in sick today. Oh, what's the matter with her? Oh, she's got a bad cold. She's got the flu. She's, she's just not feeling bad. You know, her stomach hurts. Maybe she's got gallstones. You know, you don't know what people got. So you go on with your life. It isn't a meltdown. You don't bust out the mask. You don't do social distancing. You don't all go home and hide. Right? Now, it's just like, oh, my God, if anybody gets sick, it's just, it's just like a total meltdown. Oh, my God, so-and-so sick. Oh, you know. The whole country is filled with fear. Every time you turn on the news, oh, Arizona, there's spike, spike in illness, spike in illness. Oh, right? It's all bad. Bad news, bad news, bad news. Because people have, people, all of a sudden, it's like we've never heard of this before. People get sick. I thought, oh, people get sick. So what? People get sick. It's part of life. Sometimes you get a headache. Sometimes you get a toothache. Sometimes you just don't feel good. You don't know why you don't feel good. Then you feel better the next day. It, it's a part of life, right? So we should have teams that will actually sabotage these strike teams coming to our town to harass our businesses. Why do I say that? Because our supervisors are not doing anything about it. So it's up to us. Before you had government, you just had people organizing to say, stop this. Quit harassing people. There's nothing. What those businesses are doing, whether they're selling alcohol in a bar or they have a restaurant with a, where they sell liquor as well, they are not causing people to be ill. The only people, I was talking to my friend who works in a, <clears throat> these cl cleaning businesses and restoration businesses, and she's worked in a lab. She's got medical background. She said, Lou, people really need to want to give it to somebody to give it to somebody. You got to like swap spit, baby. Sneezing on somebody ain't going to get it handled. You're not going to pick it up off a doorknob or table. You got these people. Oh, every bit, every time they sit and move or, you know, you get up to, to eat, they're running over and wiping that table down like you just left all kinds of cooties there. Just, it's just total. It's insane BS. And and now we got we got governors sending up these little stormtroopers, like these little mini Nazis, right? The best thing we can do is we we ought to just pay a bunch of these these homeless people to pop their tires up here, pay them like five dollars a tire, 
to pop their tires. Just put a nail, just just spike it, spike their tire. And when they, they won't want to come to you, Besutter, anymore, right? What are they going to do, send the National Guard up here to tell you you can't, can't give somebody a beer? I, I was talking to somebody the other day. Why don't we do this? Why don't they just turn in their ABC license? And then, and I was thinking, well, maybe they, maybe the distributors won't sell them liquor if they don't have a license. Then what? Well, then, you know, somebody will sell them liquor. Don't you know? If they close up this, uh, we, we got a place that sells marijuana here in Marysville. You can buy it legal now. Uh, if they shut up tomorrow, if they close their business, you think everybody's going to quit smoking marijuana? Heck no. Where do you think they're going to get it? Somebody's going to provide it to them. I'm telling you that if they sh- if you give up your ABC license, somebody will provide you liquor. I'm telling you, it's a good thing I don't run a restaurant. I'd be selling liquor. I'd be bootlegging that liquor in there if I wanted to sell it. I'm just telling you that somebody better do something or we're going to lose everything. As Ben Franklin says, we're either going to hang together or we're all going to hang separately before this is over. And the only reason they're able to take as much ground as they have is because you just let them. You just let them. One of the guys that helps me stay on the air here, if you want to call it air, I don't even know what to call the web, the World Wide Web, the WWW. Monty Hecker at Hecker at Elite Universal Security, and Monty is a patriot, served in the Air Force. I like him. He stands up. He just doesn't put his. He actually puts his money where his mouth is. He puts effort into things. He didn't just say, well, I think we should have, or I think you should have. He gets involved, recalls, works on recalls, works on trying to stop funky propositions like taxing us, backs good conservative candidates, stand up, stands up for what's right, helps people start over in life, get good jobs. So He's got a security business, and if you need some security, and I think we're all going to need some security, whether you pick up an extra weapon and learn how to use it, I think you're going to need to use it before it's over. But Monty can help you with your business if you're getting vandalized. Man, the farms around here are getting vandalized. Tweakers are stealing like crazy from around here. And this crazy governor has declared no bail, so you just let people out. You book and it's just like catch and release. Guy will steal $200,000 worth of farm equipment. makes me sick. And then they just release him. And when I say they, I don't mean it's the sheriff. It's the judicial system run by Governor Newsom. So if you need some security help, check out Elite Universal Security. Monty Hecker, he'll he'll do you a good job. 530-749-0280. 5307490280 I've been advocating getting guns and not getting them registered and not and not getting a, a concealed weapon permit there's nothing in the constitution that says we have to do that 
It it says you can have guns. Boom. It doesn't say you need to ask anybody's permission. It just says you can have them because you're going to need them against Newsom. Five, uh, Monty is at five, five, four, eight Federer Boulevard here in Yuba County. And if, if you don't want to, if maybe if you don't have a computer or you don't have a printer where you can download and print off that, uh, recall petition, you can sign the petition. You can get copies of the petition out at Monty's office at five, five, four, eight Federer Boulevard. And if you want to get a concealed weapons permit, you can go to classes at his place as well. And you can call there at 530-749-0280 to find out when they're going to have uh, the next class. And you can get the whole thing done in one weekend. One day, Saturdays, like in class, Sunday, you head to the range. They teach you how to shoot. Okay, Monty Hecker. So check it out. So if you want a job, I'm telling you, uh, you may want to end up going into law enforcement, but maybe you want a little taste test. You can get involved in security guard work, and uh, Monty will help you. Monty will train you and get you started and uh, help you even finance your training. Okay? Also, I was looking on Facebook, and I thought, doggone, they had a new fancy kitchen all done up, and some of my friends worked on it. Dave Greenitz Construction worked on it, and Greg Davey. Davy painting out of Sutter County. He lives over in the town of Sutter. He's been painting all these places for Greenwich Construction, and and uh, they always name all the subs, the tile people, the lighting people, the flooring people. And they overhauled the kitchen. I thought that I, I, I think the people thought their kitchen needed an upgrade. I thought, oh, that old kitchen looked pretty good to me. I, I, you know, beggars can't be choosers. But, man, they, they overhauled that kitchen. I thought, whoa, baby, that took it up a notch. Looked beautiful, beautiful thing. So if you want a kitchen you can finish up for your life in, you know, a thing that lasts you 20, 30 years, still look like amazing. Uh, check out Greenitz Construction, Dave Greenitz Construction. You can go to Greenitz, G-R-E-E-N-E-T-Z, construction.com. And uh, Dave says that he's still still taking on work. He's not going to retire, but he's still taking on work. But you just have to wait a little bit for him. He's pretty backed up. But, you know, I'm telling you, life passes pretty quick. And if you want the best, uh, you should wait for it. And uh, if you want a guy that's not going to have any surprises and you're going to end up with something that's going to look nicer than you thought it was, you can uh, check him out at greenitzconstruction.com or go to his Facebook page at Dave Greenitz Construction. And you can nose around at some of these before and after pictures that I'm talking about. You don't have to take my word for it. I'm just going to send you over there and let you check it out. If you don't like it, I'll be shocked. You're pretty picky. I think I, I look at those places and think that's unbelievable what they did with that bathroom or that kitchen. So uh, check it out, and, or uh, you can email him, or you can send him a message off these sites, or you can just call him at 530-682-9602, 530-682-9602, and he'll probably answer the phone. You'll talk to the big dog right there, and um, he'll give you some ideas about your house, how to make it look unbelievable. And this week... I don't know whether you out here in California, Northern California, I think we got a string like tonight is smoking outside. 
I think it's going to be five or six or seven days of 100-plus temperatures here. And if you'd have been smart, you'd have had Dave put in a whole house fan this spring, which sucks the hot air out, and it does it with a small motor and big fan and just blows the hot air out of your attic. And then, then that the force of it sucks in cool air from outside, like the cool air right now is outside. I'm trying to get it inside my house. So a whole he, they also do whole house fans, which have been kind of a sidelight to to uh, save people. I don't know where where you are and where you're listening from today, but uh, maybe you got a good deal on utilities. We don't here anymore with Pacific Gas and Electric. They are expensive. So it's something to think about. Okay, uh, let's see. I just got a couple of minutes left, so let me just go ahead and finish up. There's one other guy that. Uh, that supports us is the plumbing doctor, Ted Holmes. And he just got through overhaul and I had a problem with a faucet system and they had to cut it out, had to cut into the wall in the shower side and the other side of the wall. And it's all done. And it's like working like a charm and looks like it never even looked like there isn't even any scar. Like on my knee where they had to put a new knee in, I got a little scar there. But actually, it's disappearing, too. But there is no scar on my wall. It's like looking like it's original. So if you want, uh, if you got a plumbing problem, you give the plumbing doctor a call. Get a quote from him, 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. And they work in Yuba Sutter counties here in Northern California. So... Uh, my friend Rick Fritz over in Hagerman, uh, Idaho, sent me a <clears> – <throat> I don't know that I kept it. He sent me some memo from over there, uh, but I don't know whether I have it here. Kind of giving me an update of their life over there, but they are liking it over there in open carry. Isn't it an amazing open carry? You know what open carry is? Open carry, that means you can walk down the street and have a gun in your in your belt or on your holster or something. And, uh, and we used to be able to do that in California. Did you know that when I was a kid? I didn't even think about carrying a handgun, but I'd carry as a 13, 14-year-old kid a shotgun right down the center of town with not with bullets in it, shells in it, but with shells in my in my vest and never even got any attention. Nobody even looked at me twice, not even law enforcement. And uh, so I'm just trying to see whether I'm scrolling down my, uh, but I don't see it. Here we go. Let's see if I can pull it up. I, I My phone was acting up and I had to delete a lot of stuff off my phone. I maybe deleted his text deleted his text off i don't know but i was thinking he was saying something to me keeps me up to date on what's shaking over in idaho but let me go and take a break here and i'll tell you oh yeah he did he did tell me something uh let's take a break we're finish our fourth segment i got some things to say uh from through some other folks brain and then we'll come back for our fifth and sixth segments be right don't back. It so far away we're traveling light today In the eye of the storm In the eye of the storm 
Do you remember America? If you read about it in a history textbook, you probably learned about a land of oppression, racism, sexism, income inequality, police brutality, and imperial wars. Aside from that, it was a great place. That is how America is portrayed in most American high schools and colleges, in America's media, films, and by its progressive politicians. In the words of filmmaker Michael Moore, America is a nation founded on genocide, built on the backs of slaves, and maintained through the subjugation of women to second-class citizenship and economic disempowerment. Is that America's history? Is that who Americans were and are? George Orwell understood that the most effective way to destroy a people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their history. History is much more than a collection of facts. History, and our understanding of it, tells us who we are as a people in the same way your personal memories and experiences define and shape who you are. Wipe out your memory, and you wipe out your identity. When you raise a generation of Americans to hold their country's past in contempt by exaggerating America's faults and ignoring its triumphs, then they will have no respect for American institutions or the beliefs on which the nation is based. It hasn't always been this way. Until the last few decades, liberals and conservatives alike shared a common understanding of America's origins, its history, and its mission of spreading liberty within America and around the world. They recognized America as the country of the pilgrims in Jamestown, of the self-evident truths of the Declaration of Independence, of the individual rights won through revolution and secured in the U.S. Constitution. This was the country of the frontier spirit and of almost unlimited possibilities, the country that paid for the sin of slavery with the carnage of its civil war, of economic dynamism and endless invention, of unparalleled individual opportunity, and the country that defeated fascism and communism in the 20th century. Previous generations took all this for granted and reveled in it. So what changed? Starting in the 1960s, a new so-called progressive narrative took hold that sought not to uplift, inspire, and unite, but to demean, degrade, and divide. It sought to replace the pride of American achievement with shame. Ironically, this all happened while America was making extraordinary strides in civil rights, especially for minorities and women. But anything less than perfection, which can never exist given that every society is composed of flawed human beings, is now considered a total failure and victims of the past are elevated as an indictment of the present. Along the way, all the classic American touchstones have been undermined. According to the progressive narrative, Christopher Columbus discovered America only to despoil it. The founders wrote the Constitution only to codify their ownership of slaves. The great captains of industry enriched themselves only by exploiting the poor. American traditions that were perfectly acceptable even a few years ago pledging allegiance to the flag, singing the national anthem, even saying Merry Christmas, have been called into question, mocked, and sometimes banned. The outcome of this new, nonviolent civil war between those who hold America and its history in contempt and those who, without denying its flaws, revere America, will determine the future of the American experiment, the new history we will make. Is America a country that was built by slavery? 
or a country that overcame and abolished slavery at the cost of 600,000 lives? Is America a country of rampant discrimination or an accepting people in active pursuit of a more perfect union? Is it a country of grinding exploitation or a land of limitless opportunity? The time has come to choose. How will you remember America? I'm James Robbins, columnist for USA Today and author of Erasing America for Prager University. Thank you for watching this video. To help keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation. I was in love with a girl on cocaine. She had everything going but her brain. We'd talk endlessly for hours, but by morning it goes sour. I was in love with a girl on cocaine. All right, well, I saw somebody put this together the other day, and I thought, oh, I love this. And so uh, talking about privilege, white and white privilege. So it says on one side, of, there's two columns. On one side, it says black folks have. And on the other side of the vertical line, it says white folks have. So it says black folks have NAACP. United Negro College Fund, Affirmative Action, Black Entertainment Television, and BET Awards. That's BET or BET Awards or BET. Uh, it's a channel, right? Ebony Magazine they have. American Association of Blacks in Energy. The Association of Black Psychologists. National Association of Black Accountants. National Association of Black Hotel Owners, Operators, and Developers. National Association of Black Journalists, National Black Business Council, National Black Chamber of Commerce, National Black MBA Association, National Black Nurses Association, National Council of Negro Women Incorporated, National Coalition of 100 Black Women, National Society of Black Engineers, Organizations, Organization of Black Designers, 100 Black Men of America, the National Black Justice Coalition, Urban, the National Urban League, Rainbow Push Coalition, that's Jesse Jackson's group, African American Speaker Bureau, African American Planning Commission, Black Culinarians Alliance, Blacks in Government, Miss Black USA, National Action Network, Black Congressional Caucus. Okay? Why don't you just think about that for a minute? You think any problem, you see any problem with that? Do you know how many organizations like that that have whites in the name? Like White Affirmative Action, White Magazine, American Association of Whites and Energies, National Association of, Black, of White Psychologists, National Association of White Accountants, National Association of White Hotel Owners, National Association of White Journalists, 
National White Business Council, National White Chamber of Commerce, National White MBA Association, National White Nurses Association, National Council of White Women, National Coalition of 100 White Women, National Society of White Engineers, Organization of Black of White Engi- uh, White Designers, 100 White Men of America, National White Justice Coalition. European American Speaker Bureau, European American Planning Commission, White Culinarians Allowance. On the white folks have lists, there's nothing listed and except the word privilege. On the other side is you have dozens of organizations devoted to blacks. Listen, people, this is racist. This is racism. And all the while, they're attacking white people who don't have any of those segregated groups. That's segregation. I can't join those things, NAACP, the BET Awards group. If I was a psychologist, I couldn't join the black psychologist. That's racist. That is not a level playing field. when they're claiming they're oppressed. Think, people. They closed your business. They closed your church. They closed your parks. They closed your beaches. They banned you going to a funeral, your own family's funeral. They banned your school graduations. They banned your school. They made you wear a mask, even when you're healthy. They made you stay in your house, even when you're healthy. They banned dads going into delivering rooms. But you know what they allow? Thousands of people in the streets, breaking windows, killing people, tearing down statues, lighting places on fire. When I was in, um, I, I took a few years of college during the Vietnam War. I couldn't figure out whether I wanted, wanted to go over there or not. A lot of my friends were just signing up, getting it out of the way, as I said. My dad didn't want me to go to war. He went to war. <clears throat> he said, why don't you go to college? Nobody in our family ever made it through college. We didn't even get to go to college. Why don't you go to college? So I thought, I'll go to college. But I got over there and started doing drugs, smoking weed all the time. I was making more money. I was making pretty good money selling drugs. And I really didn't know what I was doing in college, but I took some sociology and anthropology classes. They told me in anthropology I came from a monkey. But I kind of enjoyed those anthropology, some of the anthropology education and sociology. And I, I remember reading about a gal named Margaret Mead, M-E-A-D, Margaret Mead. <clears throat> and... Um, I thought, oh, she's a liberal gal. She may have been liberal. I don't know what she was or not, but she was highly touted, and these they quoted her all the time. And uh, the quote I usually use from her is, I can't really say it verbatim, but it said, never doubt 
what can be accomplished by a small group of people that are willing to work together, something like that. I thought, oh, that that makes sense because I've always worked with a small group of people and we've got a lot done and we work together, right? But I thought there was there was a um, – what I'm going to read you is this thing called Margaret Mead, Sign of Civilization. What do you think the – the telltale sign of a civilization would be if you're looking through anthropological digs and stuff or history, looking at history and what people wrote down, said, and their belief system. Years ago, it says, anthropologist Margaret Mead was asked by a student what she considered to be the first sign of civilization in a culture. In other words, if you believe in evolution, you started out as a monkey started as something else, made it to being a monkey, and then eventually you became a homo sapien. What would be the first sign of civilization in a culture? So the student expected Mead to talk about fish hooks or clay pots or grinding stones. Up here in the foothills of, uh, of Yuba County, uh, we used to hunt deer up there and hunt other things too, but we'd run into these grinding stones that probably the Maidu folks used years ago down along Dry Creek in the foothills of Yuba County. And all along Dry Creek, you could see these rocks that were kind of flatted, flat, relatively flat, and they would have these holes in them, maybe a few inches across, but deep into the rock. And then they had sometimes, if you were really fortunate, because the rocks would, the big rocks would stay there even with storms and stuff, but then there were other other types of rocks that they actually used to pummel the acorns and in those holes to make a uh, a flower that they ate. They eventually ate. So those are signs of you know development or whatever. So you could we found arrowheads. We found all kinds of stuff there back in the day. So she said the student expected me to talk about fish hooks or clay pots or grinding stones. That's a grinding stone, but no. Mead said that the first sign of civilization in an ancient culture was a femur. You know, the thigh bone, your thigh bone. If you break that femur, femur, it's a pretty serious break on your leg. She said the first sign of civilization in ancient culture was a femur, the thigh bone that had been broken and then healed. Isn't that interesting? I would have never thought about that. Now, that's a real detective. So she says you can look at the bones, you find these bones, and you think, oh, Look at that femur. That's been broken, and then it healed. See how that, that – see that area right there? You can see where it broke and then got healed. She said that that's a sign of – first sign of civilization. Now, why would you say she would think that? This got me really – I've been thinking about this ever since I read it. I thought, come on, girl. You, you had a good head on your shoulders. Mead explained that in the animal kingdom – I want you to think about this. In the animal kingdom, if you break your leg, you die. This is before veterinarians, you know. This is before people had pets and took care of their pets. Now, when I started going to Vietnam, people were so poor they couldn't have a pet because they, they were eating their pets. They were eating dog and cat and everything else. They'd eaten everything that moved. Same with the Chinese, and no one had pets. But now I notice people are showing on Facebook pictures of their little dogs running around, and they don't eat them anymore. That's a good sign. So she says a broken 
but healed femur. On, on a skeleton that we find is a sign that civilization. And she says that in the animal kingdom, if you break your leg, you die. You cannot run from danger. If you have a broken leg, you cannot run to get to the river for a drink or hunt for food. You're crippled. You are meant, or you are meat for prowling beasts. If you're an animal and you break your leg like that, the femur, it's a big break. It's a nasty break. She says no animal survives a broken leg long enough for the bone to heal because somebody else is going to eat you. You have to be able to survive and escape. You have to be able to flee. But if you're down and that it takes so long for the femur to heal, right? Say if it's just a crack, it's not out of place. A broken femur that has healed is evidence that someone has taken time to stay with the one who fell, right? Isn't that true? I, I get a kick out of all these married couples when one of them gets injured and, oh, my God, it's just like the whole house is going into overdrive to try to keep this person alive and fix, they get a new knee or shoulder, you know, operation. And I just think, you know, honestly, it's nice to have somebody else around. But, you know, if you plan right, you can take care of anything. New knee, new shoulder, whatever. But she says here, a broken femur that is healed is evidence that someone has taken time to stay with the one who fell and has bound up the wound and has carried the person to safety and has tended the person through recovery. Helping someone else through difficulty is where civilization starts, Mead said. We were at our best when we serve others. That's called civilization. Isn't that cool? Now, I've been reading a book called The 5,000-Year Leap, and it's all about what's unique about America, and it's quoting all these amazing documents. And it talks in there how the founders of our country, they you say, you ever hear people debate, oh, they weren't really, they didn't care about Jesus, they hated, they, you know, Tom, oh, yeah, Tom Paine, he was a, he wasn't a believer. Jefferson, they may have been, then they debate over whether they were into Jesus or just God, Deus, you know. But there is so much, these quotes of these think people that are, they're famous. And so at the very beginning, they said that the republic that they designed, the constitution, the republic, representative form of government, where the constitution would be the final arbiter not how many people could vote for it, right? That's democracy. But where everything would have to obey the Constitution, no matter what the people felt, they had to get along with the Constitution. And so they were saying in the very beginning, they said, "If you here's your, here's your republic, after they walked out of the Declaration of Independence, or the, when they designed the Constitution, and they said, here's your republic, if you can keep it. See if you can keep it. In other words, it ain't going to be easy. And it's been a challenge for a couple hundred years, but they pulled it off. But one of the things they said that I found so fascinating is that they said if the people of America are not a spiritual people, and they meant Jesus spiritual, not Muhammad spiritual or Confucius or Buddha, 
if they're not people of the book, the Bible, they're not going to be able to keep this, this country together. And prior to the the Declaration of Independence, the declaring of war, the declaring of separation, these leaders were so fearful, they were concerned about the moral climate in America because they felt if we swing and hit this British people in the nose and we're not ready to be a quality, upright, virtuous people, we're going to crash and burn over here. Because basically the people that were providing them a lot of the goods that they were using were coming from Britain, and they were cutting it off. They were cutting off that relationship and sacrificing that. But what happened is there was a moral revival when people the people got so sick of England and the British overreach that they were ready to sacrifice and change their ways, and they and they were inspired. The leaders were inspired by the sacrifice of the early people that were living at the time of the Declaration of Independence. They were inspired because people were making adjustments in their lives to fight the British and to become independent. And they knew that they had to be responsible, and they couldn't be drunkards and addicts and abusers and thieves and robbers. They had to be, they had, they couldn't be violent. They couldn't be abusing one another. And there was like a revival of, of a spiritual revival at that time. And it, and it inspired and innovate, uh, innovation, not the right word, inspired and uh, vigorated, invigorated the leaders to push forward and finally separate completely from England. Otherwise, they didn't think they would make it. They didn't think they could pull off the fight. And But they said that this, this form of government will not work. They would much better be a dictator. It will not work as a representative form of government. And then they went on to say they were very concerned about the people that would hold office. And they said if these people are self-serving, if they're not selfless, and if they're not virtuous— there's no way that this country can can succeed. Now, succeed. Now, it's interesting to think about your own representatives at the city level, the county level, the state level, the federal level, and think of how many are just complete perverts. I mean, we have a child molester on the Board of Supervisors in Sutter County. I mean, we've got all kinds of perverts. And, and we have thieves, people that are self-serving. They got on the board to make deals to benefit themselves. When you have congressmen that have gone to Congress and were basically didn't have any money and now are multi-millionaires. We got one guy, that Burr guy, who did insider trading, trading, knowing that this COVID thing was going to shut down the country, and he sold off his stock and made a lot of big profit. He he was a lawnmower salesman when he went in, and now the guy's worth like a fifty million dollars or something. Does that get your attention? Is that selfless service? It's like unbelievable. It's shocking. We over here in Yuba County, we have over we have like one government employee for every 70 people. And we only have like 70,000 
75,000 people in the county. And the five county supervisors, they're making about eighty to $90,000 a year. Is that unbelievable? The median income around here is a little over $30,000. Is that that's just the opposite of what our founding fathers wanted. These people aren't selfless. Some people got their nose in the trough and they cannot get it out. It's like an addiction. We got a gal, Mary Jane Garrego. She's a fry cook. She has a little, she just got appointed to a job. That's a committee that makes, she makes $50,000 a year. I thought, man, she had to sell that business. She's she's getting paid to do nothing. It's unbelievable. But that's what that's what the uh, the founding fathers felt. It's so fascinating. I, I'm glad I I don't know how I, somebody sent me this book, and uh, I never read it. And finally, I picked it up and read it. And I just, I'm, it's it's like bl- every page is blowing my mind. Five thousand year leap. <clears throat> this is a funny thing. Well, I think I'm gonna. I just got a couple seconds here. We're going to finish off this fet- fifth segment. And uh, we're going to do this. Hold on tight. Got a couple clips. And I'll be right and I am a new member at the Heartland Institute. And I've got very good news for you. The world is not ending because of climate change. In fact, 12 years from now, we will still be around, casually taking photos on our iPhone 18s, tweeting about the current president on Twitter and ranting about the latest celebrity gossip. However, we are currently being force-fed a very dystopian agenda of climate alarmism that tells us that we as humans are destroying the planet and that the young people especially have no future, that the animals are dying, that we are ruining nature. I truly believe that many members of um, Antifa, Fridays for Future groups, Rebellion Extinction, I really believe that many of them have good intentions but that they are genuinely scared of the world ending and that they um, are scared that their parents and grandparents are ruining the planet. It's breaking relationships, it's breaking up families. And we at the Heartland Institute, we want to spread truth about the science behind climate realism, which is essentially the opposite of climate alarmism. Many people are now actually developing mental disorders and referring to them as eco-anxiety and eco-depression. And I believe it is important that we act now and change this entire mainstream narrative of fear-mongering and climate alarmism, because it's, it's basically just holding us hostage in our own brains. With all of that said, don't let an agenda that is trying to depict you as an energy-sucking leech on the planet get into your brain and take away all of your passionate spirit. I don't want you to panic. I want you to think. Thanks for watching this video. Please subscribe to our channel and consider donating to the Heartland Institute to support more vibrant free markets, greater individual liberties, and more videos like this one. I'm so...
angry right now because I was behind the movement when I saw that video and now y'all had to go do this. Yes, you're going to set race relations back a hundred years because one tragedy occurred that everyone agreed they were united in their agreement that it was a tragedy. I don't know why people suddenly think it's okay to be racist, but, um, it's not racist because we're black. No, that's stupid. If you're a black supremacist, you're every bit as racist as a white supremacist destroying random people's cars. I saw a video where this black guy's like, he's like, we got a two for one now. You kill one of ours, and we gonna kill two of yours. I don't see white people burning their cities to the ground every time one of them is killed. When that black man was beating those white people in the nursing home, I didn't see white people rioting in the streets. I didn't see white people rioting in the streets when a black man gunned down two elderly white people that were visiting their son's grave. I didn't see black people rioting in the streets when the black police officer in Mississippi choked the, the teenager that was saying that they couldn't breathe. It got to the point where black business owners were putting signs in their windows saying, hey, we're a black business. Don't loot us. Don't break our windows. He's, well, where was this energy with the white protesters two weeks ago? Well, the white protesters weren't destroying stuff. Okay? If you want to be treated as equal, you need to behave as equal. It's not the white man's fault that black people are not doing as well in America as some white people. If you're living in America today and you are not successful, the only person you can blame is the person you see in the mirror. If you don't think you need white people to solve social justice issues, you're a moron. White people wrote the Emancipation Proclamation. 600,000 white people died to free the slaves. This is not about black versus white. This is about an issue, and we can solve the issue together. If you think you are superior to someone else based on your skin color, you are a moron. And racism is racism, and it's not okay. It's 2020. We should be so far beyond this nonsense. I'm Joel Patrick, and I hope you have a wonderful day. So this is our final uh, segment, <clears throat> and uh, I wanted to read this to you and see what you think. Obama told the press told the press uh, <clears throat> he wanted to make sure people didn't think he was using his experiences in public service for his own personal gain, but rather for the good of all, in order to remain consistent with his party's platform. He said, "We talked a big talk when it comes to wealth inequality in our nation." And it's time for us to start walking the walk, Obama said, speaking to reporters in front of his newly purchased 8.1 million home in an exclusive neighborhood in Washington, D.C. That's why we'll be giving every dollar of our ridiculously profitable book and film deals to charities that help the less fortunate. Obama also confirmed that millions of dollars he makes from speaking engagements with Large Wall Street banks and other private sector firms will be donated to help the poorest of the poor in our nation. Quote, it's time to re redistribute the exorbitant fees from these Wall Street scumbags, the money that they gave me. Uh, I'm going to give it to the people that oppress, they oppress the most. It's only right, 
It's the only consistent thing to do, he said. At publishing time, the Obamas had released a video in which they committed to allowing refugees and undocumented immigrants to stay in their new mansion. Does that sound true to you? That sounds like what they would do if they really followed through with their their supposed compassion on the poor, right? That's actually a sarcastic article, not true, by a comedy group called the Babylon Bee. Babylon, B-A-B-Y-L-O-N-B. You can subscribe to that uh, group, and they make fun of people and mock them by putting out sarcastic, inaccurate news about them. Title of this was Obama's Incredible Generosity. But he really doesn't care about anybody but himself when you get right down to it. Uh, check this. In in one part of count, let me see if, let me just check something out here. I want to make sure. Uh, Oh, let me do this first. <clears throat> did you hear that President Trump, did you, have you ever seen the list? I don't have it with me, this list of all the things that Trump pulled the United States out of, all these funky treaty organizations and different things. Anyway, the other day he said, you know, a month ago he said, we're we're going to pull out of World Health Organization. Well, we were like given like hundreds of millions of dollars to that group, right? And they were all like kissing the Chinese rear, and the Chinese were given like a tenth of what we were. But the Chinese were running the World Health Organization, and the, the World Health Organization lied and misrepresented the coronavirus, and it probably could have been stopped in its tracks, but it covered for China's excuses. And no one did, did anything about it. So Trump says, I think we're going to drop out of this deal. And all the liberals, the deep state just said, oh, my God, you can't do that. You're going to all we're all going to get sick and die because we don't have the World Health Organization watching over us. So Trump notified Congress on Tuesday that the U.S. is leaving who the departure will take effect in one year. Trump, he threatened to pull out in May. You remember and made official shortly after the health organization latest coronavirus screw up. It, <clears throat> I get a kick out of two things. One is the fantastic money pay themselves, and then they say, well, we deserve it. We're like college educated and everything. We, we're like sharp, man. And then they always are screwing up and always hiring all these consultants to do their thinking for them. I think, hey, if I'm paying you $300,000, forget the consultants. Study yourself. Do your homework, dude. The U.N. health body stealthily switched its official coronavirus timeline late last week, reflecting that not only did China not report the novel coronavirus to WHO, but the WHO changed its story and claimed to have learned of it online. Sounds like Obama learned of the corruption in the IRS online. What a liar. So who now claims that they're the last one to know? It's amazing to me. Pretty soon the FBI will start saying they learned about it on the news too. Fox News reports that the switching of the dates pointing out 
the cozy relationship between Director General of who? His name is Tedros Adhanom Gabricius and China's leaders. They're cozy. Tedros is an Ethiopian dude. According to multiple reports of the revisions to the dates were made on the WHO website on June 29, adding fuel to the fire that the Chinese leadership long purported to cover up the new virus, formerly termed COVID-19, and WHO assisted them in doing it. The revised text continues to maintain that on December 31, 2019, WHO's country office in China picked up, anyway, I'm not even going to go through all that BS. The bottom line is, Trump said, here's what Trump said. Here's what put them, who, Trump says, who lied about where it found out about the virus? The health organization took China's word for it when the virus appeared in late December, when it really started early, earlier. The health organization chastised Trump for insinuating a travel, instituting a travel embargo on China. You remember when he did that? said, stop those planes coming from China. They did that early in the pandemic, and the Democrats just freaked out, right? Did you know right now that China, that Vietnam is not allowing any planes coming in from many countries, including the U.S.? Why? Because they're afraid to bring in more sick patients. The health organization lavishly praised China for reaching, reacting quickly to the virus when it really didn't do that. Who praised China for releasing the, the genome sequence for the virus? In other words, they showed it to the world, though it took a crucial 17 days to do it under much pressure. Who is so closely with China that it removed Taiwan from a map? In other words, they just erased it right off the map, the, the, the island of Taiwan, and included it as a part of China. In other words, they show the island, but they remove Taiwan as if that island is actually a part of mainland China. Whose response destroyed much, according to Reason.org, Reason Magazine, whose response destroyed much of its credibility, damaged the field of public health, and failed to contain the pandemic? As usual, the Democrats threw a fit and claimed that by dropping out of who, it's going to make America sit. How do, I don't understand. I think if the United Nations was bombed tomorrow and all of them died, and who was bombed the next day and all of them died, I would just be as healthy as a horse today and just be just fine. I think I'd just be in, maybe even be in better shape. I don't think they're contributing anything to our our health or our culture. So Trump froze $400 million the U.S. gives each year to who? That's just the flat amount. Then we give grants on top of it. So uh, thank God for it. Thank God. These are liars at who? They're manipulators. They're, they're Tedros, the Ethiopian, is actually a communist tired of communists running the show. I don't like it. So, um, okay, we're doing all right here. we got some other things to talk about, and I'm just trying to think, what do we want to do first? 
Have you been noticing? I don't. I'm not prepared to get into all the ugly details, but have you noticed how many pedophiles there are in high places? Like this Jeffrey Epstein thing. You've been following that Jeffrey Epstein. You know all the jokes. He didn't kill himself. He died in jail, right? Jeffrey Epstein. And when you look at the list of people that Epstein flew to his pervert island, I mean, you know, we got Dershowitz, Harvard professor, Yale professor Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz. We got Bill Gates hanging out with Epstein. We got the Clintons making repeated trips down there. We have, is it Prince Charles or Prince Andrew, one of these princes down there all the time. And, uh, but there were rumors of ambassadors working for Secretary of State Clinton having sex with young boys over in Europe. And eventually he had to step down. He got whistleblower brought that out, and I think she lost her job. But there's all kinds of rumors that Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton is involved in not only witchcraft, but in pedophilia and uh, lesbianism. And so I just keep in, in that many in her campaign are involved with uh, having sex. The Podesta brothers, it's been all over. They've been having sex with little kids. So it's just like an accepted part of that class of our society, the elite of our society and uh, having sex with kids, children, little children, and even sacrificing them. It's all involved in like witchcraft, Satanism. So right here in the uh, in the Guardian, British Guardian newspaper, uh, a guy named John Daglish, Dalglish, Dalglish, D-A-L-G-L-I-S-H, Dalglish, if you pronounce the whole thing and don't leave any silent letters anyway. I want to say Daglish, but it's got an L in there, Dalglish. The home of Peter Dalglish, a former high-profile humanitarian worker in Kartik or Kartiki, Nepal. So, this is out of Kathmandu. A former UN official has been jailed for sexually abusing children in Nepal following a trial underscoring the country's growing appeal for foreign pedophiles. In other words, pedophiles go to these countries they have a lot of poor children, and they take advantage of them sexually. So Daglish, 62 from Canada, former high-profile humanitarian worker, was sentenced on Monday to, to a term of nine and seven years, both, in two cases after being convicted last month. Thacker Tretal, a district court official, said Daglish, has been sentenced for nine years for abusing a 12-year-old boy and seven years for molesting another 14-year-old boy. The judge is, see now, Harvey Melk, who was supervisor of San Francisco, didn't ever get prosecuted down there for having sex with underage boys. Do you know that? They got different rules in San Francisco. The judge is yet to decide whether he should serve a total of 16 years in jail or be released after nine. In most cases, similar nature, sentences get overlapped. But it is upon the judge to decide. Dalglish has also been told to pay compensation of 500,000 Nepali rupees, which is only six, a little over $6,000, to each of the victims. He was arrested in April 
last year near Kathmandu by Nepal's Central Bureau of Investigation. The two boys were at his house when they arrested him. Isn't that amazing? Dalglish denied the charges. The aid worker who in 2016, listen to this. This aid worker in 2016 was awarded the Order of Canada, the country's second highest civilian honor. Made He made his name as a humanitarian worker advocating for street children, child laborers, and those affected by war. He co-founded Street Kids International in the 1980s, which merged with Save the Children. In the last decade, he held key positions in U.N. agencies, including as chief, chief, he's the chief of U.N. habitat in Afghanistan, screwing all them little boys. In Nepal, he was an advisor in a child program for international labor organization in the early 2000s. Weak law enforcement has made Nepal notorious for sexual predators. Let me say that again. Weak law enforcement has made Nepal notorious for sexual uh, predators. Now, I know something about up there because we just built a six-story building. I think it's six-story. For a Christian training operation right up there in that area at the base of the uh, Himalaya or Himalaya Mountains. And one of the things they said, and we're funding an orphanage over there, one of the things they said is that that area, this is before I even read this article, is loaded with poor, young street children because their families are, it's a very poor area. So these sexual predators are taking advantage of that and having sex with these kids and paying them, right? Or keeping them like as sex slaves. So weak law enforcement has has made it notorious. Wherever you have weak law enforcement, sin prevails. I've always said that law enforcement is here because Jesus wanted him to keep a lid on this sucker before he gets back. When you have law enforcement stand down, you have lawlessness, anarchy. In 2015, a Canadian orphanage volunteer, Ernest McIntosh, 71 years of of age, was sentenced to seven years in prison for sexually abusing a disabled 15-year-old boy. While in 2010, French charity worker Jean-Jacques Hay, H-A-Y-E, was convicted of raping 10 children in Kathmandu Orphanage. It's a big problem, folks. And they get away with it because they get away from the United States and do it, even though they're doing it here as well. But uh, there's a whole, uh, and I don't know whether you remember the situation where Anthony Weiner's computer was checked over by the New York Police Department, and they, when what they saw in that computer was so disgusting, one of the guys said he wanted to vomit. But they wanted to go and arrest Anthony Weiner and his wife right away. But the government, the higher-ups in the Obama government, told him to stand down. Remember Anthony Weiner? He, st- he started sending photos of his crotch to women, young women. He's a pervert. And he's married to, the, you know, uh Hillary Clinton's chief executive assistant. 
whose name I always forget. But what I didn't forget is they're all perverts. And one of the reasons they hate Trump so much is because he's bringing sex trafficking and human trafficking people to account for their misdeeds. And so this arrest of Epstein's girlfriend may be the beginning of some of that. Interesting stuff, huh? So one of the things that this guy who they just arrested in Kathmandu, he was, uh, you know, UNICEF? It's a part of the United Nations at the United Nations Children Operation, right? You hear UNICEF, they're always asking for money, right? You go to a cash register and there'll be a yield UNICEF uh, box there to put dimes and quarters and all that kind of stuff in. UNICEF, they're on TV, they're on all over the place, right? UNICEF, my friend Ted Ulbrich in uh, Cambodia has been taking care of a couple thousand orphans. And it's Christian. It's a Christian operation. He's got over 100 locations throughout throughout the country. And they've taken these kids off the street to prevent them from these sexual predators. <coughs> and uh, UNICEF has been trying to undermine their orphanage operation and saying that's improper. They should just give these children to foster parents like this guy, this U.N. official. Peter John Dalglish. See, he ends up with these two little young boys that he's been banging. And that's what they're advocating. And they were trying to undermine my friend Ted and his wife, Sue, S-O-U, who have been caring for these kids since about 19, late 1990s. And they have about 2,000 kids, 2,500 maybe. And they have been trying to shut them down over there and turn these kids over to them, UNICEF, that are a bunch of pedophiles and molesters. See what I'm saying? So uh, God help us to expose these dirty dogs. Well, we're going to shut her down here for tonight. And um, listen, people, uh, our way of life is under severe threat. This is not a time to be passive or to to be hide your head under a pillow or to play stupid or to just hope it isn't all true. It's just a nightmare. Just face the fact that you're in a fight and suck somebody as hard as you can in the nose that's trying to take away your freedom. All right? Uh, if you find somebody this week that you don't know them, be kind to them. They might be a stranger, but they also might be an angel unaware, and you might get a real big blessing out of them. All right, I'm shutting her down, and uh, so I hope you enjoyed the show. If you didn't, try next week. Maybe I'll do a better job. So okay, catch you. So many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Everybody. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody to love. 
Sweetheart and Miss Sugar to Kiss 